Sitting here week 14 of 17 weeks in the studio, in the lab with Kikasso. What's up? He is in the building. Well, I'm in the building. I came to his domain today. He going to customize some cleats for me while we sit here and chop it up. And I'm going to hit some stuff around the NFL like I do every week. So let's get right into it. Welcome to 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of the season. We got real player talk, unfiltered, unrestricted, and of course, uninterrupted. Let's get started. As always, Lev Bell is our guy in New York. Lev was sick with the flu and had to sit out as his guys won on Sunday. I stepped on the scale Saturday and had lost 10 pounds. The doctor obviously didn't like that. Out in Buffalo, we got Cole Beasley. Cole's Bills dropped a tough one to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Cole tells us why this one hurt and why the Bills' offense was harder to learn than his old one in Dallas. We do a lot of no huddle, so a lot of it's memorization. and It's easy to kind of get mixed up and be like, wait, what is it this week? And later on, Jalen will be talking to one of the pioneers of the My Cause, My Cleat movement, Troy Cacasso Cole, as he customizes kicks for Jalen. Those things actually had lights on them, man. When I had it's them like dope cleats. Yeah. I have a pick. So. Exactly. Look good, play good, right? Exactly. You look good, you play good. We got all that, plus I'm going to share a story from my rookie year when the great Randy Moss gave me a nickname that I'll never forget. We're in the home stretch of the season. This is 17 Weeks. Quick timeout. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen to them on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. 17 Weeks is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, and share the show on social media. All right, it's time for the show. Cole and the Bills came up short against the Ravens and now face a tough, red-hot Steelers team with major playoff implications. Cole, he's not stressed about Pittsburgh, although he's still trying to wrap his mind around a game against the Ravens that he feel like they could have won. I don't know why, man. This one hurt me more than any of them. I mean, we only have four losses or whatever, so there's not a lot of them, but I don't know what it was about this game, but for some reason, after this loss, I felt so... Like, I wanted to throw up. That's how I felt. I don't know. It's it kind of a different feel. I, I don't know if it's just because, you know, they, they've been rolling, so I just wanted it so bad, you know, to beat these guys. But, I mean, you always want to win, so I don't really know it's different. Maybe it's because uh, the defense the defense played their butts off. They really played a, a hell of a game, and, and we didn't do enough offensively uh, to win this game. They threw a lot of different things at us, and, and we didn't respond very well. So that's just something that we're going to have to live with and then go and look at and try to get better from. But I already know, I mean, I've been talking to Josh to to find some answers. I mean, nobody's panicking, but it's just, you know, it's frustrating when you, you go into a game and you, you don't put a, a showing that you want to put forward. And that's kind of where I was at after that game and, um, you know, really upset and thought I could have done more maybe to, to help us win. Here's Cole on that late P.I. he drew to keep the final drive alive. It's fourth down. We needed to play, and luckily he clipped my foot a little bit, and I was going down, so I could I could uh, kind of make it a little bit more dramatic than than what it was to try to to try to get a call. Man, we were just trying to do anything we could to win at that point. You know, it, it really wasn't that much contact. He just, you know, I was running, and then he clipped he clipped my foot a little bit, and I was going to fall down anyway. So I kind of uh, I sold it a little more than than what it was. Um, and I don't even know if I would have gotten to it anyway. So I was just trying, I was literally just trying to get the call at that point. I don't know. It was, it was just a weird feeling. I've never had a feeling like that after a game, the way, the way I felt after that one. It was like it was there for us, but we didn't, it just felt like we left, we let our team down in my, in my mind and in my heart. So 
it kind of that game hurt hurt me a little bit. We got we have a big game coming up. This one's it's even bigger now. So nobody's panic or anything. We we know we're a good football team, I and mean, we had we just played a really really good football team and and had every chance possible to win and and just didn't come through. So you know we're we're gonna be in there competing every game. It doesn't matter who we play. We're gonna be able to win if we play our game. Out in L.A., Jalen and the Rams are starting to click, and they keep taking care of business on prime time. Jalen, he tells us about the first time facing his new division rival, the Seahawks, and trying to slow down Russell Wilson. We played the Seattle Seahawks, and we had a big win. Uh, the offense played well, the defense played well, special teams, everybody really, everybody played well. It was a must-win game for us, like all of these last few games that we have are. We came up big. We snapped the Seahawks' five-game winning streak. I think it was the first time this year that uh, Russell Wilson did not throw a touchdown, and their offense didn't have a touchdown. They had uh, just a couple of field goals, and then their defense scored. And it was a home game, another Sunday night game under my belt. I've only had Sunday night games here in L.A., which is crazy. It was my uh, This is my fourth year, but my only Sunday night games have been here in L.A., of course, I, I love making plays and being able to affect the game as much as I can, but my role a lot of the times isn't making that big play. It's really um, just doing my job, making sure a receiver doesn't go off like they usually do, uh, making sure I'm leading the, the secondary as best as I can, making sure that uh, the quarterback has to think before he throws it, double clutches, and then our, our D-line can get there and make sacks. They had a lot of sacks this past game. Dante had a few. I think AD had a few, of course. A lot of people did, but we had a lot of sacks this this past game. So, yeah, it was it was a big, big defensive game for us. Offense, too, though. Offense balled out, too. TG had a good game. Dirty stiff arm for a tug. JG had a good game. Higgs had a good game. Robert Woods had a good game. The offense, they've been playing super well these past two weeks. I'm confident that they'll keep it up and we'll keep rolling. As long as everybody plays the way we've been playing lately, I'm super confident in what this team can do. What's interesting about the Rams is that they're loaded from top to bottom. And some could argue that they're an even better team than they were last year. And of course, they were plays away from winning a Super Bowl. But now you add guys like Jalen Ramsey. And in the late part of the season, which is the most important part, the month of December, the Rams are playing well. Like, let's keep in mind, these dudes put up 60 points in two games. The defense is playing well. Donald is getting to the quarterback. Oh, and Ty Gurley is starting to score touchdowns. Doesn't this remind you of last year? I made a joke a few weeks ago. I said, now stick with me. Stick with me with this. What if, big what if, the Rams were just playing possum all season long? What if they start cooking at the right time? The unfortunate thing is they're going to need a little help. The NFC West is loaded. 49ers, they're taking care of business. Seattle is always there. I just think the Rams need to look in the mirror, remind themselves of the team they were last year, and also remind themselves that they were once big brothers of this division. If they can finish strong with a little help from a couple other teams, they'll be in the playoffs. Le'Veon Bell wasn't able to take the field on Sunday. He was recovering from the flu. I mean, it is flu season, everybody. On the bright side, his Jets were able to squeak by the Dolphins for another dub. Let's check in with Lev and hear about his rough week. Hey, Lev, how you holding up, fam? Obviously, everybody knows it's been a tough week for me. I've been getting over the flu. I'm not even going to lie to you. I would not wish that upon nobody, my worst enemy. 
Uh, Tuesday is when I really felt it on my off day. You know, I, I literally just laid on my couch and couldn't move all day. I wouldn't wish that upon nobody. That was one of the worst feelings I ever felt. So I, I tried to go into practice Wednesday. I practiced. I didn't really have a lot of energy. We had a walkthrough after practice, and then I felt like I was about to fall over. Um, literally had no energy left. Thursday morning, I got up, and I just remember like going, trying to go in in the morning, and it was like... <laughs> it was just so hard to get up, but like, so I called in. I told them that I wasn't feeling good. They told me to come in so they can check my vitals and everything. And once, once I went to the doctor, um, they did a couple tests on me and it turned out I had the flu. Um, so once they found out I had the flu, they told me to come in on Thursday or Friday, not to, you know, come into the facility. Um, so obviously I won't pass it around and, and get other people sick. Till Thursday and Friday, I didn't go into the facility. Saturday, I got another checkup. Um, I stepped on the scale Saturday and I had lost 10 pounds. The doctor obviously um, didn't like that. Obviously wanted to play, but, you know, they did their, their job and, and, and made sure that they was keeping me safe and not to have any setbacks because we had a quick turnaround game on Thursday versus the Ravens. Okay, hold up. So a lot of people read the report that Le'Veon was out bowling till 1 a.m. on Saturday before the game. Now, we all know he didn't play in the game. Some people thought if you can bowl, you can play. Guys, he's not running routes in the bowling alley. Hey, Liv, set him straight. On Saturday, I wasn't obviously contagious. If I was contagious, I would have still been in the house. I was contagious on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, even maybe Thursday. It usually be about two, three days. Once I went into the doctor on Saturday, I felt, I felt as if I can play. You know, I felt like, you know, I've, I've played, you know, through a lot of injuries and bad situations and things like that because um, it's football, you know, right? Not, not never ever was really perfect with football. Um, and I felt like I could play. You know, I told the doctors, like, you know, I feel like I can play, and, you know, if, if I'm able to play, just allow me to play. Um, the only problem was, one, I had missed practice all week um, outside of the Wednesday. I missed practice, and I haven't been eating. So they were concerned about my energy level and my hydration and things like that, and me still being sick, technically. You know, still technically I had the flu, but it just wasn't contagious anymore. So on Saturday, they encouraged me to get out of the house, you know, like walk around the mall and, and, and you know, enjoy time with your family. Because those, all my family members and, and, and friends came up to watch me play. You know, everybody's expecting me to play. And they, we got the news on Saturday that I wasn't playing. And they, everybody already been here. We didn't just sit around the house and just look at me. Everybody wanted to sit around the house and just look at me and whatnot. So uh, we got up and we went bowling. You know, that's typically what my family likes doing. Um, we, we, we're a bowling family. We love bowling. It's an activity everybody can do. And plus, it kind of gets me off my feet and let me be active a little bit. You know, earlier during that Saturday, I rode the bike a little bit, got a little sweat in. You know, and I felt a lot better on Saturday. Um, I felt good enough to play football. So um, I wanted to get out and, 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 you know, not sit around the house somewhere. I had been laying around for two, three days. Um, and that's not the type of person I am anyway. You know, if I'm, you know, when I'm, me and I'm the normal me. I'm always kind of out of the house and doing something if I'm not playing video games. So um, I wanted to get out of the house and do something. And, you know, the activity that everybody wanted to do was play bowling or go bowling. So that's why I end up, end up doing. By the way, off the flu, I, I bowled a 251. Um, I, I will say I am a pretty good bowler. I go, you know, frequently, uh, especially when I get a lot of opportunity in the off season. I, I go, you know, just about three, four times a week. So I do go bowling a lot. Um, but it's not like I was playing basketball or something like that. You know, I, I feel like the thing kind of got got blown out of proportion 
you know, a lot of people you know, heard the story and ran with it. That's fine. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions. But um, at the end of the day, I, it wasn't my decision for me to sell out the football game. It was, you know, the doctors taking care of me and, and, and making sure that I'm not doing anything to jeopardize my future. Um, so I listened to the doctors and I got out. It'd be a bigger deal, I feel like, if I was actually playing on Sunday and people caught me bowling on a Saturday night till 1230 a.m., right? So um, regardless of, you know, how people feel about it, you know, that's what I did. I ended up doing it. Um, I didn't feel like I was distracting anyone. I didn't I didn't expect anybody to be at the bowling alley trying to tell on me saying that I'm bowling. You know, that's not what I expected, even though I probably should have. Um, but um, it is what it is. You know, I got to live with the decisions I made. You know, I don't regret going to bowl because I didn't, you know, distract my teammates. I didn't feel like I got anybody sick. You know, I was just out there enjoying my time with my family and doing something that I love to do. Um, so that's that. Okay, so here's the thing. Le'Veon was told he's not playing. He's sitting at home and there's family in town. A lot of people are being dramatic saying, well, if he can bowl, he can play football. No, what? What kind of logic is that? I've been in this position a couple of times. Now, one, I had to wait till I was an OG. When I got to Seattle, I was a little bit older in my career. And I remember recovering from an injury and I didn't want to stay in the hotel. I told the coach straight up, I don't want to curfew. I want to go kick it with my family. And I did. I went out to dinner. People saw me at a restaurant. They're like, yo, Nate, you walking around, you look good. I was like, okay, but I'm not clear to play. Second time I was in Detroit, I was in Chicago playing against the Bears. I wasn't playing. I told coach, because at this point I was in the league like 10 years. It's like, coach, I don't want curfew. So he was like, all right, just don't get into trouble, which I didn't. I went to go hang out with my agent. So if you're not playing and you're established in this league, you're not going to give a guy a curfew, especially when he's not in the hotel. Just like I said on the show, Lev is a grown-ass man. He set out because they told him to sit out. It's not like he can kick the door down and say, I want to play. It doesn't work that way. The game of the week, maybe the game of the year, had to be that 48-46 barn burner between the 49ers and the Saints. We asked our guys their thoughts on the game and what it would be like being involved in such a high-scoring affair like that. Were you able to catch that Niners win, Lev? It was amazing um, watching both offenses go to work and do what they do. Both quarterbacks executing to a high level. Um, it just sucks that one of the teams have to come out victorious and the other team has to come out in defeat. You know, you, that's one of those games you would never want to see in. But um, that's the game of football. You know, the New Orleans Saints ran out of time. That's, I'm sure that's how they feel about it. They don't, I'm sure they don't feel they lost the game. I feel like they just ran out of time. If there was more time on the clock, you know, maybe three or four more minutes and they got another possession, they might go down there and score. You know, so they end up just running out of time. And I think it was a great game, not only for both of those teams, but for the entire NFL, um, for all the fans to watch the game, um, because it, it was just a great football game and it was great performances on both sides. What you think, Cole? Usually I don't have anything for you guys. I'm boring as hell, but I got one. We played the Broncos in, I want to say it was 2013. Uh, that was when Peyton Manning was on the, or I think it was it was either his first or second year there. He had just gotten there, but and we had Romo. And we lost, I think we lost like 50 to 46. It was something crazy like that. It was the same exact score, but we were just battling back and forth and actually scored my first NFL touchdown that game as well. But I think we had two receivers over 100, and then I had like 60 or 70 or something like that. And we had 46 points, and they, but they, they scored 50, so they beat us. And that was at, at, uh, at AT&T. That was, that was the only 
like really shootout game I've I've ever really been in. Like as far as getting up to the fifties, I mean I've had other games where where both offenses are scoring pretty good, but not like that. So those things are rare, and I guess that's why people you know think those are the greatest games ever when they have those high scoring. Like I bet the uh, Rams Chiefs game was the greatest game ever last year when they were doing that. So those those games are fun, man, and, and they're fun to play in as a as an offense because then it's like it's us versus you guys, you know. Um, it gets very, very competitive offensively. It's almost, it's almost like you're not even going against the defense anymore. You're just going against the other offense. How about you, Jalen? I was actually watching uh, ESPN today, which I usually never watch ESPN. But I was in the training room. They had ESPN on, and at the bottom, like it was like a ticker. It said breaking. An NFL game has never ended in 48 to 46. That was crazy. How long the NFL? The NFL been going for a long time. And a game has never ended in 48 to 46. As a corner, you must hate games like this. I never, per- personally, I never want to be in a game like that. Sadly, I have been uh, a part of some game, a couple games that the offense has put up a lot of points, but we don't got to talk about that. Um, but now, nah, as, a, as a defensive-minded person and as a defensive player, I don't like being in shootouts like that. I like being in, well, unless our, it's our offense doing the, doing a lot of scoring. I like to whole offense is uh, to minimal points as possible. So that's not my type of game, but it's fun for the fans. I know I enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed actually watching it, though, uh, just because it was high-flying, a lot of plays were made. I don't want to be in games like that, but a win is a win at the end of the day. If I was on the winning team, I, I wouldn't trip. Yeah, I remember a game when I was playing in Detroit, and we were in Tennessee, and... You know, it isn't the sexiest game in the world, the Lions versus the Titans, especially at that time. I don't think uh, neither team was in a position to make the playoffs. But I remember just going back and forth and controlling the game from the jump. And then all of a sudden, the Titans made this run, and I was cooking in that game. So those high-scoring games for a wide receiver, it's like everybody get 100 yards. It's just like you're on Oprah. You get 100, you get 100, you get 100. And then like the fourth quarter... The Titans started making these plays, and before I knew it, it was tied up. I was running so much that I was dehydrated. So late in the game, I get in the end zone, and then I scored a two-point conversion, and I'm like, ooh, I got over 100? I think I might be able to get like 200. You know, I'm thinking over the top. And all of a sudden, I start cramping up. That's the only problem about these high-scoring games is that you're running more than usual because offenses are on the field more than the defenses. So if you don't properly hydrate or if you're all geeked up off of like supplements, like your your liquids are going to get low. And I remember catching a calf cramp and having to go to the sideline. I'm looking at my team play in overtime. It was the worst feeling ever. And it wasn't like people looked at me as like Nate's faking an injury because I'm one of those dudes that would limp on the field with a bone sticking out my leg. But what's crazy about a cramp is I don't care how small it is, it will shut you down, bro. So that was the frustrating part. When you get in these high, high-scoring games, the team that is the most conditioned or has the best endurance is the team that's going to win. That's why as soon as a team puts their hands on their knees and they, <sighs> that's the team that's going to lose. And you'll see it every single game when the points are up like that. The Bills and Ravens game was full of drama too, but there was a funny moment in the game though when the offensive play sheets, basically the Ravens' offensive pitchers from the previous drive blew onto the field and into the hands of Buffalo DB Trey White. Now, Jalen, what would you do with that? 
Trey a good player anyway, so he don't need it. Um, he gonna be in the pro. He should be in the Pro Bowl this year. But I would have did the same thing. I would have tried to grab that sheet real quick. I probably I would have even took it to a new level. I would have ran that uh, sheet all the way to our sideline real quick and gave it to our coaches. I wouldn't have gave that sheet back to the refs. They would have had to fight me for that. I'm, I'm finna help out my team at all costs. But no, it was funny. It probably wasn't nothing serious on there anyway. Not too much coaching can go on on game day, just corrections and stuff, but not too much. You can't install something on game day or or try to coach something too much on game day just because, I, well, honestly, if you're doing that, it's too late anyway. So it probably wasn't nothing serious on there. Trey just being funny. Cole, that's your teammate. What were you thinking when you saw Trey grab those sheets? Well, I didn't I didn't really know where those papers were coming from that were going on the field, but um and I didn't even know Trey picked them up until the next day I saw like a video of it or something. So uh he's a funny dude, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get in get him in here on one of the the last couple shows for you guys so so I can have a little one-on-one with him and and you guys can uh can meet the infamous Trey White, man. So he was just being silly, man. He could probably look at that paper and read it for a long time, not know what any of it means. You know, that's how some offenses are. You know, I don't, I don't know what theirs is like. You know, how they call plays and everything. But he was just being goofy, man. I don't think there's anything you really could have got uh, from it that quick of a time. So this offense was way more difficult than the one in Dallas uh, in terms of learning it, and there's so much more bulk uh there's so many more formations and variations of the formations here and then just the way the way we call plays and then it's and then the no huddle we do a lot of no huddle so a lot of it's memorization and and one word names for plays and we change them each week so like one play that we called last week we'll have this we'll have the same name for that play but it'll be for a different play so it's 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 easy to kind of get mixed up and be like wait what is it this week you know what i mean so you know we're we're constantly studying every week to to memorize our our one word our one word plays um it's definitely a lot more um time you have to spend on on knowing what the plays are called um but at the same time it also makes it kind of easier to to not have as much verbiage when you just have one word for an entire play and that tells the one word tells the line the quarterback, the receivers, everybody, what to do. So um, that's that's the way we like to do it. And then, you know, with that, teams are teams are listening on the uh, the TV copies to what you're calling out when they know you know huddle. So they're trying to get a jump on anything that you do. So that's why we got to change them each week. So in 11 years, I play for four teams, play for a handful of different offensive coordinators, and everybody has their own thing. One, uh, the first thing you notice is the terminology. It's literally like learning a foreign language. Some teams, they work with the number system. It's like the nine route, that's the goal route. The eight route, that's the post route. One, two, three, that's the hitch slant out. But then there's other teams that literally will give you names for each route. And I remember going from a number system to Seattle where it was a West Coast offense, and I had to learn the name of each route. Not only did I have to learn the name of each route, some of the route names that I grew up learning were completely different. So you have to sit back and not only watch the play in the film room, but you have to pay attention to how the quarterback is calling it. And that is the most awkward time for anybody transitioning from team to team. Hey, Lev, was it hard for you to adjust? People don't understand. It's like everybody got different ways of studying a playbook, right? I'm a guy who don't even look in the playbook. You know, when the coach is going over the game plan, uh, they're putting up all the plays on the board. I'm a guy who can kind of just look there, not really take notes, and just understand the whole route conceptually um, and understand what everybody has to do and, and what's the point of the play, you know? So me personally, I don't even write notes. I don't 
really be in my playbook. I just kind of know what's going on. You know, I think that's just a gift that God kind of gave me. You know, even when I was in school and we had tests and things like that and exams and finals and quizzes, whatever you want to say, I was a guy who never really had to study. I never had to go home and just, you know, look at the notes and read over the chapters and, and do things like that. I kind of hear it once, twice, and I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying? You can bring up the test and I'll be ready to go here, go out there and ace it. So uh, that's always, always what I kind of been, what type of person I've been. I'll just take you back to my rookie year. I leave college. I feel like I'm one of the best in the business. All-American. Nobody's numbers touch mine. I don't care the guys that were drafted before me. I felt like I knew everything about being a wide receiver. I played outside, inside. I was coming out of the backfield. Being intelligent and having a high football IQ was a big part of who I was. They said Nate can jump well. He has good hands. He does a lot of things well. But he is a very intelligent football player. I was prideful about that. I line up for the Minnesota Vikings and... They might as well have handed me a phone book and told me to memorize every last name because that first practice, you know how they say, oh, the NFL is fast. It's only fast because your mind's moving slow. So much so, like Randy Moss gave me a nickname. Like <laughs> I was running a route, right? I'm in the slot. And I'm supposed to run down the hashes. And if the safeties open up, if the middle of the field opens up, I bend it. It's called a bender. Very simple. And because of the terminology, I was thinking, oh, I'm just running straight. Dante Pepper, he drops back, and he's just patting that ball like a baby that needs to be burped. And he's looking at me like, Burles, bro, bend, man, bend. And I'm screaming down the middle of the field, putting my arm up because I'm wide open. And I get back to the huddle, and Pep is like, Dante's like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, man, you, you told me to run the seam route. He's like, yeah, but you're supposed to bend if the middle of the field is open. And Randy's just looking at me like a disappointed big brother. He's like, hey, dummy sin, you got to get in the playbook. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, that's the nickname. You know how you hear like guys giving you nicknames? I thought it was going to be like Speedy or Hops or, you know, Swag Sauce or, you know, Drip Drip McGee. Like, give me something cool. Dummy sin. And what's bad about that, it stuck. Until I started getting the plays right. I'm at lunch. Hey, dummy, let me get that salt and pepper. And then the coach started calling me. I said, man, this shit's getting out of hand. Come on, man. My name is Nathaniel Eugene Burleson. My mama named me that. Don't disrespect me. Nah, I didn't say that because you're a rookie. You got to shut up and take it. But then after like a month, month and a half, I was in that playbook, bro. Ain't nothing like motivation when people give you a bad nickname. So I had to shake that dummy title. This week was my cause, my cleats week in the NFL. Hundreds of NFL players showcase causes that are important to them with custom cleats during the games. My favorite were, but you got to keep it real, mine's. Yep, I still do them. There was a guy that hooked me up, shout out to Dakota Customs, and I said, man, I want some black Santa cleats. And I'm going to help give money to Boys and Girls Clubs because they give money and presents to kids and families that need it, that can't afford it during the holiday season. So my dude hooked me up. I gave him direction. He went crazy. He put the Santa fur around the top. He put the black Santa on the side. He put the bells so they actually jingle a bow where the laces should be. And then in between the little holes of the shoe, he put Christmas lights. And I can hit a switch inside the shoe and they light up. It's the craziest, craziest shoe I've ever seen for my cosmic cleats. I wouldn't actually pick mines as my favorite if 
this year's wasn't so dope. So um, shout out to everybody that does it and gets involved. I think it's awesome that the NFL allows these guys to show their personality and then support causes that are very near and dear to their hearts. Our guys are big shoe fans here on 17 Weeks, and Jalen was actually hanging out with one of the artists that makes the best custom cleats, Troy Kakaso Cole. Before we toss it to Jalen and Kakaso, let's check out our guy Cole's shoe game. I'm a big cleat guy. I like I like my cleats. The cleats I wear are like old school, and they don't make them anymore. And I, I got I got Nike to finally um, to make them for me last season. It took me like eight months to get them because you know it's, it's hard to get Nike to go back because they want everybody to wear their new product, right? But I mean, to me, like. Once you make a, a really, really, really good cleat, like you can make new products and keep the old ones that are really, really good. Just keep putting them out. I mean, I don't know if maybe they lose money that way. I don't know, but I feel like they're always bringing back the old school basketball cleat or basketball shoes, but they don't ever bring back the the fire football cleats that they come out with. So if Nike hears this, just you know, bring back some throwbacks to the the football cleats too. That'd be appreciated because mine are like from maybe 2012 the cleats I wear every game and I got them to remake them for me but I'm running out now and I don't have any more in that size so I've wore the I've worn the same cleats for like five games straight and I never do that and this is like the first time I've done that and probably in my career because they always wear out so fast but might have been holding on they're the best cleats Nike has ever made by far but you can't get them anywhere they're not on Amazon they're not on they're not on eBay anymore because everybody's they're all gone I used to I got a few of them on eBay and like my first like couple years in the league, I got a few on there, but I wore them all out, and now I'm running out again. But no, but I know I just went on a, on a rampage there, but um, no, I didn't do any of my cause cleats, unfortunately. All right, let's send it to Jalen, who was just hanging out while Kikasso was actually customizing his cleats for the upcoming Dallas game. Kikasso over there working on them cleats. Yes, let sir. Me, let, me, let me know what you're working on over there. Yeah, I, I got your new... Um, the Adidas cleat. This what is this? The nine That's the nine Let me let me tell y'all something about Adidas. Shout out to Adidas real quick. It was when I got a uh, when I got traded out here to uh, L.A. Of course, I didn't have my PEs. I didn't have my color schemes in the Rams colors. They came. They flew to Atlanta. That was my first game. They flew to Atlanta and met with me, and we came up with some color schemes. But really, what it came down to, they were like, man, we. Might as well give you the new ones for next year. We might as well give you the nine point instead of the eights. And so yeah. basically, you ain't got these yet. Yeah, ain't, ain't nobody, nobody got them. Ain't nobody got them yet. So I've been rocking. I've been rocking these nine points, nine point for like three or four weeks now, and ain't nobody got them yet. And they my PEs, and they got my logo inside, Super and they getting customized right now. Yes, sir. So Wait. ain't nobody really gonna have these. I drove uh I drove here right after practice and I sat here for however long it took, like an hour and a half or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. We yeah. we come up with like a what the Rams colorway. Yeah, yeah. So we wore our through we wore our throwback um jerseys on Sunday, which is the royal blue and the yellow. Like the gold is yellow. But our helmets, they they're still navy. So yeah, it was dope. We came up with like we we had the nine of course, the navy ones, um, and we came up with like a a what the Rams color scheme to incorporate all those colors um, into the cleat. Yeah, we had that uh, royal blue and the um, what did we name that color? We don't even know the 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 exact color, but we know it's got orange in it. Yeah, it got a little <laughs> orange in it. He matched it up. I I, I asked our it, yeah. equipment guys for a like a little a helmet sticker. A little piece. They gave me a piece, and he matched it up with the color perfectly. 
on the spot. Yeah, it was on the spot for real. So I had some swag last week, last minute for um, my calls, my cleats. On one side, I did 2.0. And then on the other side, I did a teal a ribbon, which is like for cervical cancer. My shorty, her mom had cervical cancer, so she good now, but did that for her, really. We were talking about, so in one of my one of my weeks, it was probably like two or three weeks ago, um, I had uh, the shoe surgeon on. Mm-hmm. And the it was it was so funny. We were talking about it, and it made me think about you. Of course, I've been knowing I've been knowing you for what two or three years now. Man, I think it's been three. This three? is the third this year. Three. Yeah, we've yeah. This together. is this is it's three. Um, and every week, every week it was like when one you had, when you had started with Odell, you had changed the game. So going back to what I was talking about with the shoe surgeon and how he is in a different lane of he reconstructs. Shoes and reconstructs yeah. cleats. Uh-huh. Um, well, he's just starting to get into cleats, but he reconstructs shoes. That's a different way of his creation and his art. Right. And what you do is you take the canvas, what it is, and you make it into something super dope. Yeah. And when you started doing it with Odell and with football, you changed the game, really. I mean, that's the only way to put it. That's the simplest way to put it. You changed the game. Week in and week out. People were tuned in, seeing yeah. what cleats. Yeah, I had I had a super uh, dope time working with Odell. We did like every week was something new. You know, we came up with pretty much everything that you're seeing today. Yep. these guys doing. We we've already done it. Yeah. like we started it. We you know we started with the uh, the what did we do? Like the Burberry. Now everybody's doing like the yep. you know the Burberry, the the Gucci, the everything. Just bringing that. Um, onto the field, and you know, you can thank Odell for I and I for that. So exactly, you, know, you were the y'all were the I'll pioneers take that credit. for that. Yeah, y'all were the <laughs> pioneers for that for real. Like, um, it's like it's a thing now. And it, it Before, was every, yeah, it was every week too. Yeah. And I had people just tuning in, like ESPN's, like what? Literally, ESPN's texting me, "What y'all doing this week?" Yeah, I was like, "You'll see," you know. So it, it was it was a serious thing, and. um you know, to to see the game now and having the NFL having their own week for custom exactly. cleats. Exactly. Um, you know, shout out to uh, um, Christian who was um, the spearhead to that, and uh, we helped kind of get that off the ground um, when he was w- with the NFL. He's with Adidas now. I think he's still with Adidas, but three stripes. Yeah, three stripes. Um, and so to see that, I I feel like a proud father because yeah. literally it's like. You 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 started that. Yeah, you 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 oh definitely definitely started that. Um, and we see that week in and week out. I mean, kids loving. I love I love seeing what everybody trying to come with with their cleats now. Yeah. It's like yo, y'all definitely started that. I even remember when we first got connected. We did a few the first year, but then my second year. This is when I was still with uh, Jump Man. We did. We went ham. We went crazy. Yeah. It was like. We kind of did what you and Odell did, yeah, kind of like absolutely. we kind of went every week with yep. a new pair of cleats, like every absolutely. single week. I was I was doing you and Odell, yeah. Like I was focusing on you guys and uh, you know my offensive guy Odell, my defensive guy Jalen, and you know just being creative and being able to bring 
you know, I always looked at myself as like that middle ground, bringing the athletes to the brands. Yeah. You know, Odell signing the big Nike contract. He's signing with, you know, Supreme because we're doing the Supreme cleats and all this stuff. You know, I'm I'm back here, puppet master, you yeah. know, just making the art, the, the exactly. cleats and Not the ideas. Real. And uh, we did the Arizona tea. Yo, we did. We yeah. did some dope cleats. We did. And, and the same, like they sent me... After we did that, they saw the cleats. They like, oh, we got to holler at you. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Send me all these Arizona tees and stuff. I'm just trying to do some dope cleats. We trying to think of, I'm saying we, but he really come up with all the ideas. I'm not, right. I don't really. Arizona, where's, where's my tee? Where's, right, my, where's right. my shirt? No. <laughs> I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't got the, you know, creative juices like that. But um, That was your idea though, Jalen. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember, yeah. man. That I, was your idea. I may have had, yeah, it was my idea. I'm, I'm so. Uh, that was mine. I, I know which ones were my ideas, but that was definitely yours. Yeah, that so, was mine. Y'all heard. That I was can't mine. take the credit for that one. That was mine. We had some. We had some uh, fire ones that year, though. I mean, and they they kind of did. Uh, they was doing like cleat watch for on us every Sunday yes. too. Yeah, I know we had. Um, we had when I played Cleveland, we did the little. That's the year that LeBron was doing the little Arthur fist oh, all the yeah. time. We did the Arthur Fist. The Arthur cleats. Fist, big mood. Yeah, big mood. LeBron posted them up. Yeah. Those, those went viral. Those went everywhere. Yeah. The Seattle game, you came up with uh, the fish market um, joint. Remember? I don't even remember. I remember because I had to pick that game. That's how I remember. I remember the cleats when I had to pick. It was some dope cleats. Man, um, I do so many. Like we had, man, we we had heat that year. Yeah, yeah. Which, we had straight heat that year. There was another one that I really liked that we did. Um, oh, the week thirteen with your your pops. Uh, yeah, thing. We, we did the fireman and the yeah. thing, the lit up the, the oh, police yeah. car that and was fire. It, I had to pick that game too. That was against the Colts. Yeah. yeah, see, those things actually had lights on them. When man. I had them like, dope cleats. Yeah, I have a pick. Yeah. So exactly. Look good, play good, right? Exactly. You look good, you play good. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I appreciate you saying that. And you know, I, I take great pride in in being able to um, you know, bring the ideas to life and kind of making them cool. Like my motto is, man, I take something that's already cool and make it just a little bit cooler, you know? Yeah. So that's what I like to do. And that's what you've been doing. Been um, doing it a long time, man. Exactly. When did you when did you first start? <sighs> I'm on a decade now doing shoes, uh, mm. close to it. Uh, my my first professional athlete that I did work for was Al Harrington. He played for the Orlando Magic. That was my very first like professional athlete. He sent me a bunch of stuff. And then uh, J.R. Smith uh, got on board. Um, Arian Foster was my first football guy. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, Odell jumped on board at about, I think it was 2015. Um, and then it's, it's just been wide open ever since. And then you you jumped on board too, like late 2015, I think, or it might have been 2016. Yeah, Yeah. it was late 2016. Yeah, yep. And then um, you know ESPN was calling every week. We I was on Sports Center. It was just nuts, man. And you know I'm 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 really started a wave, no doubt. I'm I'm appreciative of of everything for sure. Um, So yeah, that is dope, man. And we still got to do some cool stuff. We ain't even we ain't even scratched the surface of what we can actually do together, Jalen. Well, I agree, I agree. And we're gonna we're gonna really turn it up. We're gonna have some stuff come out for y'all. That's what y'all don't, <laughs> that's what y'all don't know. But yeah. we're gonna keep that on the hush. <laughs> what's what's been your favorite What's been your favorite cleat that you've done or shoe? It don't have to be cleat. Ever, um, ever. Mm. Like the one that you like, yo. If if 
people want to see your work. This is ah, oh, yeah, this is yeah. My, this is it. This is my the, favorite one. There's two. There, there's the the police and fire truck that I did for you. Okay, um, that's up there. Um, and then Odell when we did the um, Air Mag cleat, yeah, uh, the ones that lit up yeah, for Pro yeah. Bowl and everything. Um, Nike flew me out to um, to kind of look at them and and you know kind of get the the vibe going and. Um, so that started a lot of things. Uh, the Air Mag cleat. I did the Yeezy cleat for Odell. Um, I remember that one. Yeah, that was fire. The red one, the mm-hmm. all red one. Yeah. Um, the Arizona T ones too, man. Those are those were, are those the detailing. Were super dope. Those were crazy. Yeah, yeah. I did all that by hand too. It's just like drawing it, just like the. Um, and that's another thing I'm good at is matching the colors. And it was really hard to match that Arizona T like teal. Um, but we got it, yeah, and it looked exactly it. like it was just printed on there. We definitely got it. Um, yeah, so that that was the dope one too. That, that was uh, matter of fact, that was the first time we met in person because we had been working together all year, but we had never met in person. Then you flew out to Arizona. I drove down there. You drove from here, to yeah. Me and my wife, we drove down because um, we, we were going to go to the game because yeah. I was working with Patrick Peterson too. So I mean, just being able to you know yeah. uh, see both of you guys and um, <laughs> first time we met in Arizona before before one of the games at a steak was at a steakhouse or something. Yeah, we had dinner together. Yeah, <clears throat> um, me, you, and uh, David. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun too. Um, so yeah, b- just being able to do those kind of things with you and some other athletes and everything, man, that's just it's just awesome to be able to kind of do this for a living. I I, I pinch myself a lot of times. Right, I'm, just, I'm over real, here doodling huh? on shoes, and you know, working with the top athletes in the world, and mm, you're doing I'm more just, than doodling. <laughs> just a little old kid for my. I doodle. <laughs> That's what I do. I doodle, draw stick figures. Yeah, you're doing more than doodling, but it's real fun, man. man That's dope, man. Tell us about uh, any other thing you got going on. So you got Facebook Watch going on. You got. Yeah. We're going to start live streaming some of these sessions, too. We need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we do. I do a, a show um, called uh, Kikasso, funny enough, uh, Kikasso TV. And, um, you know, I, I've had people like Young M.A., uh, Chris Bosh, um, who else? Uh, football guys. Chubb, Nick Chubb, he came mm-hmm. in. Uh, we did some bowl issues for him. So basically, it's like what we're doing now, but minus the podcast part, just come in and we sit down and chop it up and... Um, I design a shoe uh, based on what we talk about and, uh, you know, kind of just try to wow the people, you know? As you always do. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, it shows the behind the scenes of making everything and uh, letting the personality of the the athlete show and all of that stuff. We tried to get you on it too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. But I mean, it's hard. You being out in, um, you know, uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But season two is coming up. Got season two. Um, I'm doing an MTV show too. Okay. Um, I can't really, I can't really say any more than that uh, yet. Ah, he can't disclose. Yeah, MTV, but be on MTV though. Yeah, I'm be on MTV hosting um, along with a couple of other people, kind of like a Iron Chef show. Okay. Yeah. But for so that's it. That's all you're getting that's all. from me, and it's it's hey, coming out real soon. We got some though. <laughs> we got some. Yeah, it's coming out real soon. Oh, uh, that's dope, man. Um, what's this is just a question for me. What's been your inspiration in all of this? Like, what made when when did when were you like, yeah, this is what I want to do? Like, um, you know, for me, the payoff was seeing um, 
the guys that I was working with succeed. Mm-hmm. Like Odell was doing great in the cleats. And first time I saw Aaron Foster like get on the field wearing a, a pair of cleats that I did, I was so proud. You know, yeah. I was telling everybody, watch the game, he's gonna be wearing the cleats. Um, and he did. And that to me is is it's not the money, it's not being able to 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 you know make a living, which of course you gotta make a living, right. but the payoff for me, like spiritually, is just like seeing um the athletes do well mm-hmm. and wearing my stuff, you know, um, seeing it on the field, uh, the commentators talking about it, getting people talking about it, right? Um, just something different. And now it's, you know, it's commonplace now. So it's like, what are we going to do next? We got to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of one up uh, everybody. And um, so that's the payoff is just seeing the, uh, the reaction and seeing my guys do well. And that leads me to the next question too. Where where do you go from here? How do you ev- how do you continue to evolve? Like it's always said, like it's 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 easy getting to the top, but it ain't easy staying there. Like that's true. Once you there, yeah, it's the like the expectations, everything is so much higher. Yeah. Like I I feel it in my profession. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like if you think about LeBron, like. He is still the best basketball player in the world, but he's taken for he's taken for granted. He got to do so much more, yeah. Which he really doesn't. People still realize his greatness, but you know the haters and the naysayers they'll say, "Oh, he has to do so much more." When he's still the best, the best in the game. So, where have you seen your where have you seen yourself? Like, where did you start from? Mm-hmm. How have you seen yourself evolve to now, the present? And yeah. where do you see yourself continuing to evolve to in the well, future? We'll, we'll talk about like an eight eight year time span. I went from um, working on a body shop, you know, doing my my car stuff because that's where my background is, um, cars and hot rods and stuff, and working in my um, garage or actually it was my bonus room at the time, painting painting canvas work mm-hmm. of shoes because I you know I've always been into shoes, so mm-hmm. that was always my thing, and I, I put art and the love of the shoes together, um, and that's where the name Kikasso came from because I was painting. Canvases of shoes, and it was, I thought it was the perfect name for what I was doing. And so from there, Instagram came about, and I started selling the the artwork on Instagram through through pages and stuff. Yep. And then somebody was like, "Well, why did you try to do it on an actual shoe?" I did, and didn't know what I was doing at first, trying to make the paint stick and doing the right thing to to make it last. I'm using the wrong paints and all that stuff, but got through all that. And I got out of the bonus room. I opened a store in South Carolina before I, I moved. So it's been like an ever-growing process. And I moved to California because I thought, you know, ain't nobody coming through South Carolina, you know, to, yeah. to, to do, you know, this kind of stuff. So why don't I move to where everybody is? And that's why I moved here, here about, what is it, like five, five years now? And that's, that's why I'm able to do things like this is because I'm here. I designed my own shoe, like, from scratch, had it sourced, had it made, designed it straight from a pen to the paper, sourced them, sold them out. Thought I wanted to do a a number two Kikasso, but then I was like, I get bored so quickly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And my thing right now is digitally designing, like, my artwork to... um, I, I've got a partnership with Shock Doctor. We do all the all the uh, mouth guards for them. We got an artist run that are in the stores like Dicks and Hibbits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's my first retail item. So that's like near and dear to my heart. 
And from there, that's what I want to be is like the guy that collaborates and just makes products that are already existing just a little bit cooler. Yeah. You know, next, you know, I've worked with top brands like from Apple to Beats to Adidas, Nike, all that stuff. And, you know, I, I want to be the guy that continually does that. You know, having my own signature shoe from a major a major brand or collaboration would be dope. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's one thing I'd love to do. Yeah, beyond that, it's just, you know, yeah, my my whole whole thing now is just continually putting out stuff, creating. I've kind of like I've slowed down on a lot of the shoes that I'm doing just so that I can focus on on more of the creative stuff and yeah. uh being able to do that. Cause I, I got overwhelmed, you know, a couple years ago doing like the you know, I'd have like 70 pairs of cleats in here. And I'm just like, ah, oh, the work's suffering because I've got so much to do. Mm-hmm. And I want all of my stuff to like be wow. And when you're doing that kind of volume, there's just no way yeah. to 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 make it eye-catching. So I slowed down just so I could make my products better. So I like it. Yeah. I like it. And oh, and I opened the retail store too. How could I forget that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I was going to go into next. You just, you don't do just cleats. You do... Tennis shoes, you do cars. Car, exactly. Yeah, I, started from cars. Probably a lot of people don't probably yeah. know that. Yeah, um, and I, that's what I do. Like I, I paint cars constantly, man. I, I painted Odell's car. Yeah, you know, it's I like that's what I love doing. I love doing the shoes. It's become like my my career. But my true passion and and hobby is in the cars, man. I I build old Cadillacs and um, mm. stuff like that, and. You know, I'm in a car club and shout out Iconics. Yeah, that's what I love. So what's your favorite What's your favorite type of car? Uh, absolute favorite car ever is a ever. 1960 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. And Ooh. I own it. So I'm, I'm set. That Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Yeah. Like you can have your Lamborghinis. You can have your Ferraris, all that stuff. Give me an old Cadillac. I like it. Yep. I like it, man. Let the people know where they can find you on Instagram, yeah. on Twitter, whatever. In store, online. Yep. Well, the store is is more of a showroom now, just because my wife and I are the only two doing it. She does all of the. Um, shout out to my wife. Couldn't do it without her. That's a and smart man right there. Absolutely. She does all of the customer service, all the emails. People might be thinking they're talking to me on on Instagram and stuff. That's my wife. I just want you to know. So all of that stuff. So basically, what he's telling y'all, y'all better. Come correct on that because <laughs> wifey ain't playing. That's right. That's right. She she takes up for me, and I I, I love her for it. And um, yeah, so shout out to my wife, Nikki. I love you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's he's smart, smart. Yeah. Um, happy I wife, really do. Happy I, life. I I couldn't do it without her. That's no doubt. Wait, I, I was thinking of my wife. What, what was the question? See, look, yeah. Look. <laughs> uh, what was the question? I got caught up too. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you talking about family now. It's your daughter's birthday today. I saw that on It was IG. yesterday? It was yesterday. Yep. 13 years old. Where does the time go? Man. Like, how in the world do I have a 13-year-old? Shout out Trendy. I love you. And she still lives in South Carolina. She comes out every holiday during the summer. She's out here all summer, so... You know, I don't get to see enough of her, but when I do, man, we make it worth it. Man, that is dope, man. Yeah. We are, we are both uh, proud fathers. No doubt. Girls, so. Yeah, that's why I do everything that I do is, is for that girl right there and to give her the best uh, life that she could have, the stuff that I didn't have because, you know, I— for sure. Yeah. Fatherhood is definitely dope. No doubt. So, yeah, I think we—if there's anything else you want to hit on, hit on it. Yeah, I'm I'm good, man. I just wanted people to see and hear um the the real personality beyond the um 
what you think you see and know from exactly. social media. You know, and that's that's why I wanted to do this, and not not only that only reason, but talking to you and doing the cleats and everything, and just kind of getting a voice out here that because I'm I'm terrible at at my um, my social media and all that. I take pictures of shoes. I don't really post myself much online. You know, we do the show, so I let that kind of speak for right. me too. So yeah, I appreciate you having me on the oh, on the of podcast. course, no it's doubt. always about uh, being more than something. Um, yeah, at, here uninterrupted, I'm. Uh, of course, more than an athlete. And if you had to say what you are more than, what would you say? I am more Man, than what? I'm more than an artist. You I'm a creative. It. I'm a designer. And I'm more than a shoe customizer. Write that down. There we go. Yeah. And that's. I think that wraps it up uh, pretty perfect right there. I want to thank you, one, for being on 17 Weeks, this podcast, and of course, Making these dope cleats for me that I'm a rock this week um, yep. as we try to go to Dallas and get this win. My absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for coming into the store and doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you as always. It's all love. Yep. Y'all remember to follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Tune in. Listen to 17 Weeks on Pandora and Sirius XM. And we out. Peace. Damn, Kakaso. Kakaso, you hiring, fam? I could be a cobbler. Looking forward to checking out Jalen's custom Gucci Ghost-inspired Adidas cleats this weekend. Ooh, can't hide money. Check out Kakaso TV on Facebook. Watch season two coming soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. This show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. This show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when new episodes drop every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, which I know you do, share the show. Spread the love. You feel me? I'm your host, Nate Burleson. Shout out to my co-hosts, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, and Cole Beasley. The show is brought to you by Gabe Goodwin in the building. Ben Redman, Mike Midas, Matt Ford, Josh Rodriguez, and Paul Iden Miller. Sound design and music by Steve Porter. And our executive producer, TD St. Matthew Daniel for Uninterrupted. Special shout out on this week's episode to Jalen's guest, Troy Kakaso Cole. And also Osan Hantango and my girl Paris Leonce, who's doing her thing, making money moves behind the scenes like Cardi B. This is 17 Weeks, and we out.